The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Paul McGuinness has been a puppeteer on Sesame Street and on various Muppets and Henson Productions since 2001. And he's with us here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Now, first of all, let's go straight back to the very beginning of your puppetry life. How did you first get into it? Uh, It was the Muppet Show and Sesame Street. I grew up watching those and just becoming obsessed yeah. really young with the puppetry and all that magic. Yeah. Um, and I just never stopped watching those shows. So yeah, yeah. eventually I, I tried to build some puppets and started to perform. And uh, that was around high school. And, uh, and then I was off to the races. Mm. And when you first started watching it, did you immediately know that was what you wanted to do? Or did you first of all enjoy it and then it took a bit of time for you to realize, hey, there's people performing these characters. Maybe I could do that. Oh, well, yeah, I guess those are two separate things. So I I don't know at what point I realized they were puppets and not actual living things. Uh, At some point I obviously did. But um, but when I started, when I realized I could actually perform them, that was actually a little bit later. I, I, I was just a big fan hmm. and uh and this was before the internet so i was kind of the only fan i knew I was a bit of a lunatic about it yeah. i used to teach classes in high school i'd ask the the, uh, the, the history teacher to take a day off <laughs> so i could teach a class on puppetry it was really weird yeah but i think sometime around that point i started uh, trying to build i never became a builder i was terrible <laughs> at it but um but then i started to perform just to see if I could do it, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, I think that's uh, it was around then that I thought, well, maybe this is something I could do. Yeah, and the building side, I think a lot of performers have came in from that end. They've started building and realised that they can perform. Do you find building or performing easier than the other? A hundred percent easier and more enjoyable to perform for me. Yeah. I tried to build. I did, mm. and. Uh, I wasn't terrible at it. I really wasn't, but I wasn't great. Yeah. And I didn't, the main thing, the main thing was I just didn't really uh, enjoy it. I never yeah. got to a level that uh, was, was anything professional at all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I did not really have this, 
the skills I think required and, and more importantly I didn't have the passion for it. Yeah and I suppose with performing you get to be the star of the show although with puppets it's not as clearly you but it's a lot more acting than building. <laughs> yeah I guess so it was just building was never something that I, I think I was grateful the day that I was able to come to terms with the fact that that was not something I could or wanted to do. Yeah. So then how did you first get to work with Sesame Street and the Muppets? Did you join one of them first? Yeah, I first worked on Sesame Street and then I got to work on the Muppets. Yeah. And I'm the, the way I got on Sesame Street, I had uh, been working on a show in New York called The Book of Pooh, which was oh. a, Disney, a Disney Channel show about Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And they used um, tabletop uh, Boonraku style puppets. Uh, which are puppets that require about three puppeteers to perform. Mm. And uh, I really threw myself into that. And that was also a lot of Sesame Street puppeteers, puppeteers who worked yeah. on that show. So it just so happened that I ended up getting a call one day from Sesame Street asking me to come in and work one day. I never mm. actually auditioned. Um, mm. I never actually found out who recommended me either. I'm assuming it was one of the Sesame Street puppeteers that I worked with on Book of Pooh. But, yeah. but I worked, yeah, I worked one day in... 2001 i think it was i can date that because i know it was right after 9 11 because we were doing a song called we are all earthlings uh, with jill scott and it was kind of about coming together after 9 11 so that's where i can date it but i'm not even sure what episode that is i think you'd have to look that up yeah and was it quite daunting going into sesame street which at that point had still been a long running show even though that was 20 years ago now Absolutely. Well, it was just mind blowing. It was so surreal to walk onto that set that I knew so well, yeah. and see those puppets that I knew so well, and to see them in real life. Uh, it's, uh, I think everyone has that experience when you walk on that set. Yeah. And because you'd been trying to build puppets for a while and being a fan of these characters, were you also a fan of some of the performers, and maybe were a bit starstruck meeting them? Absolutely. Huge fan, absolutely starstruck. Yeah. Um, I had actually met Carol Spinney, uh-huh. who performed Big Bird and Oscar, and all, just to mention two of his characters. Mm. I'd met him years before when I went to the 1993 uh, Puppeteers of America Festival in San Francisco. Yeah. I was still in college at the time. <laughs> he was very nice, and uh, what a what a what a pleasure to to know that you're one of your heroes could be so kind and thoughtful yeah but um yeah walking onto that set and and seeing everyone else was yeah and do you have any favorite memories of carol spinney that you've remembered from the years you worked alongside him or in the same set i have so (laughs) many memories of carol spinney um so many stories uh the, the most recent one, and I think probably the most special one, yeah. was the last time I saw him, which was uh, two years ago when we shot the 50th season mm. anniversary show. Yeah. And they, they had brought back uh, so many old cast members, and it was just a big reunion. Yeah. And he was there, and he was very ill at the time. He was in a wheelchair, and uh, his wife, Debbie, was with him. And... Uh, they, they had him be part of, not puppeteering, but just being part of this big final scene with uh, uh, just a wide shot yeah. with, with everyone celebrating. Oh. 
And uh, that shot took a while to set up. And I just happened to be puppeteering on the floor right in front of his wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And he was pretty quiet that day because, uh, I don't know, it might have been a little overwhelming, but I think, yeah, yeah, it was just a quiet quiet day for him. Mm -hmm. But he did beckon me over on one of the down moments between shots. And so kind of sidled up to him and uh, he kind of whispered to me, Paul, it's like, yeah, Carol, hi. It's like, <laughs> and all he said to me was, how is that beautiful wife of yours? <laughs> it just made my day and made her day. Um, when I, her, her name is Haley Jenkins. She's also a puppeteer. She's yeah. phenomenal. And he, he actually was part of my, um, uh, when I asked her to marry me, uh, I made a video and, as part of the proposal. And I asked Carol if, if he would be the final part of that proposal video, basically if he would have Big Bird introduce me because I was going to play the video on a screen in a, in a bar or somewhere. Wow. And so we did it and we shot this. We actually did it on a Sesame Street set yeah. and this camera swept all the way across the Sesame Street set, landed, went through the, the window of Hooper's store and Big Bird was sitting there He's like, hi, Haley. I'm not going to do a big bird voice, but he said, hi, Haley. I hear someone very special has a question for you. <laughs> and, then, and then the video ended and I came out and asked her to marry me. Oh, but anyway, that when he had, when he, when, when all he said to me is, how's your beautiful wife? That just was a yeah. wonderful, loving way to, uh, to end in that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it shows his dedication that even though he was unable to perform physically anymore, he would still show up and do his lines vocally. He never really wanted to give it up. He was dedicated to his roles. He was the healthiest puppeteer on the set. (laughs) he, He was just years before he passed away, he was still roller skating in big words you know it was it was unbelievable how how dedicated and full of life that that man was yeah absolute continuing inspiration to all of us yeah for sure and then how did you cross over into the muppets with a capital m franchise was that kind of also a recommendation from the puppeteers that you'd worked with on sesame i think so i don't Remember, I didn't audition for the Muppets either. Yeah. And I was trying to, because you had said you were asking about the Muppets and Sesame Street. So mm-hmm. I was trying to wrap my brain to figure out what the first project I worked with them on yeah. is. And I actually can't remember, but it, it must have been somewhere around 2008, 2007. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I think that would have been a recommendation as well. I don't, I don't think I ever worked. Yeah. It might have been Muppets Letters to Santa. Yeah, I guess that's Muppets. about right. Can't think of much else around that time really unless it was a youtube video or something yeah and what have been some of your favorite things that you've worked on with the muppets because you know you're not one of the core performers but i guess you get to have a lot of fun trying on characters in the background yeah my favorite thing that i ever did with the muppets wasn't actually a filmed thing i Mm. I worked on the the muppets the movie back in 2011 and that was awesome yeah um but uh, my favorite thing was these live shows that we recently did we did a live show of them um called the muppets take the bowl the hollywood bowl and then we did another live show uh the muppets take the o2 in london yeah and uh i got to perform the 
the legs for Kermit, but oh, we yeah. had this bit with Bobby Moynihan where Kermit and Bobby were trying to dance and Bobby didn't feel good about it because Kermit had all the steps down. And so the bit was that we brought out these huge Kermit legs and strapped them to <laughs> Bobby Moynihan's waist. And, uh, and I actually sat underneath Bobby and I performed these huge Kermit legs wow. in front of the audience. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, because I got to choreograph the whole thing and um, work it all out. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was probably one of my, my favorite moments with the Muppets. Yeah. Not even something that was filmed. It's great that you got to choreograph the whole thing because from what I've heard from other performers, those live shows was really a great chance for the performers to have their input that they might not have had in previous projects. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, that was kind of Jim's thing, right? Jim Henson's brought. Yeah. Uh, people, he was smart enough to bring people who were more talented than him and smarter than him yeah. into the family and then just let them do their things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, with the Muppets, yeah, that, that philosophy, especially behind those shows, was the best idea wins. So just let's make this, the, make this the best show we can. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, a philosophy on a lot of shows. Um, that I've worked on is, is, is let's make this collaborative, you know, let's, yeah. let's really try to figure out the, the funniest, quickest, fun, the funniest or the best way to put this particular thing together. Yeah. And going back just a bit, you mentioned that you'd worked on Book of Pooh before Sesame Street. So how did you break into puppetry professionally to end up working on that show? That was a show that I auditioned for. Mm. That was a Mitchell Kriegman production. He uh, he had that going, I think, after the second season of uh, Fair in the Big Blue House. It was somewhere around there. Yeah. And so I was in New York at that point, and they had auditions, just kind of an open casting call. And uh, they were these tabletop puppets. They were puppets that required generally three puppeteers to manipulate just one puppet because you've got the whole body, the head, the arms, the legs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went in and I auditioned, and uh, I guess I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, back. But I also love that kind of puppetry. I love um, tabletop doing like weird stuff. I love puppets that really kind of require collaboration of, of that magnitude to effectively manipulate. Mm. Yeah, and you perform Clem, which is Carly's foster dad, in the Sesame Street outreach videos on foster care. What's that like? Uh, it's that's been really special. Yeah. Um, Carly is a new character that Sesame's created, um, and she is a uh, a kid who um, is part of the foster system. Uh, her um, this character, this puppet character's mother is going through some issues and can't take care of her right now Mm -hmm. and so she's got some foster parents that she's staying with and uh and uh i play um i play one of the two foster parents uh clem he's he's, Mm -hmm. it's it's been a very special experience yeah and sesame street are kind of all about these interesting characters like that that they bring in to show that everybody's situation is different. Yeah, absolutely. They're doing a lot more of that now as mm. well. It used to be just, uh, not just, but it used to be done quite a bit for um, these out, what they call them outreach videos. Yeah. Um, and they would be high quality productions just as 
high quality is the shooting Sesame Street itself, but never really broadcast on television. They'd be made for specific communities for specific reasons. There was a whole military families campaign uh, a few years back that um, really addressed a lot of issues that kids who had parents in the military would face, like parents coming home injured or not coming home or or coming home with mental issues um, that they had not had before perhaps and and, and seeing how these uh, puppet characters deal with that stuff. um, So Sesame Street has done lots of different outreach campaigns and uh, this foster campaign is is just one of them but more recently um they've addressed racial issues and some of this now is starting to cross over into sesame street itself the actual show so it's these these issues are uh, these new characters are no longer just um creative for videos that would be sent to these communities or used by these communities but then now they're open and available for uh the world as as a whole which i think is very special as well yeah i think did i read recently that they're introducing a homeless character although i guess oscar the grouch doesn't count if that's the case (laughs) i don't know that they may be i I do not know about uh, a homeless character Mm. Uh, i know that they they do have uh, a couple things brewing Mm. stuff we can't really talk about but yeah I don't. I have not heard about the homeless character, although that may be a thing. Yeah, although it'd be interesting because most of the characters, the puppet characters in Sesame Street, are of a child's age. So it'd be a bit weird to have a homeless child on its own. That's a bit questionable. You need to get social services involved there. Yeah, maybe. You know, that's the fun, interesting thing about Sesame Street. They're they're, they're all. I don't know if they're, they're. I don't know if they're all children mm. in terms of age. I mean, Elmo is certainly a child, but yeah. I don't know if you categorize Ernie and Bert as children. Yeah, um, to know. So, yeah, I think there are different age groups represented by these puppets, if not specifically addressed, um, you know, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, I guess sometimes ages aren't assigned. It's like with the Muppets, we don't really know their ages. Some of them act like children, but are they? Right. I don't know, because right. they're old enough to have relationships and stuff. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I think... I think uh, I think the Muppets are mainly adults. I think yeah. you can peg them, right? You can take a guess. Mm. I'm sure they have their assigned ages too, but if I just had to guess, I'd say that Kermit and Piggy are adults. Yeah. I'd say maybe Scooter is maybe a little younger, yeah. maybe like, like a college intern. Mm. Robin's a child. Yeah. He definitely got that little older for old. <laughs> yeah. um, there are, I think it's with the Muppets, the classic Muppets, I think it's a little easier to. Yeah. Take, a, take a guess at least at, at what age range we're talking about. Yeah, because they've got very strong personalities and you can sort of tell. And Fozzie, I don't know, I guess he's an adult but still quite childlike, which I guess a lot of people are like. Yeah, yeah, childlike. Hmm. I feel like, yeah, maybe childlike. <laughs> I feel like he's got a lot of the same insecurities a lot of us do. Yeah. I think that's what makes these puppets... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Beyond just being really funny, mm. uh, I, think what, I think what makes those classic Muppets work so well is that they're... Uh, a lot of their personality traits are really traits that we all hold. Like yeah. I can see, I can see a lot of Fozzie in me. I see a lot of Gonzo in me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we all have a little bit of Diva Misfigianus as well. <laughs> there are very specific archetypes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so relatable, I think is the right word. Yeah, we can relate to them definitely so well. And that's, why it works and i guess to an extent that's why sesame street works because mostly the puppets are children and it's children that watch it so they can see themselves in the characters yeah yeah i think to a certain extent that's true mm. um but i don't think that's a necessity i don't think that's a necessity i mean i yeah. as a kid i love the muppet show and they i don't think they're all children um yeah. and uh you know i love mr rogers neighborhood and I- yeah. <laughs> um, and uh and a lot of those puppets and characters are definitely older for sure oh yeah like kings and stuff yeah lady lane fairchild <laughs> she kind of reminds me of a couple of features of yeah so how does working on sesame street differ from the muppets is there a different environment because one of them's more of a charity and the other's a commercial disney thing or because they're both kind of inspired by jim henson is it still a similar kind of friendly atmosphere yeah no uh yeah for sure they're they're, yeah they're both definitely good atmospheres what Mm. did i think of the difference there's so many people who work on both shows yeah um but sesame street's been around for a long time and we're talking 50 Mm. years here so that show works like a machine you've got frankie biondo who's a cameraman on that show who's been who's been a cameraman on that show since the very first episode he's been around for 51 years and uh and so there's just a uh a fluidity um 
that uh, is, is very smooth in terms of what gets mm-hmm. done there. Um, and with the Muppets, I don't know, maybe with the Muppets, you get different crews in, um, yeah. maybe that's the difference. Uh, while you may have some of the same performers in front, uh, you're always working with a slightly different um, set as a whole because yeah. for each project, you're bringing in different, maybe a different um, gaffer or a different you know, lighting crew or you name it. So yeah. I think in terms of what's the difference between working on those two sets, I think maybe there's an overall family unit mm. that is, goes back 50 years of Sesame Street from not just the performers, but to everyone working on the set versus a Muppet production where uh, you've got uh, new people behind the camera often. Yeah, because a lot of the time with every project is a completely different crew directing it. I think the only exemption perhaps is when the last two movies this last decade it was mostly the same team and maybe originally when Jim Henson was at the helm it would still be quite similar but yeah Sesame Street you're making the same show every time so it did keep the same people they don't need to try and find new people unless someone's leaving yeah uh, yeah uh you're you've got the same structure um yeah. you've got the same location as well hmm. um so and it's you know yeah it's it's a family yeah and you worked on the happy time murders as well a few years ago i did yeah yeah, yeah that was fun I, I i i did not work the whole sh- the whole um shoot i actually only hmm. came brought was brought in to work three days on that uh-huh. um but uh I was able to do a character. Now, I mainly, I, I mainly was brought in because there was supposed to be a scene at the end of the movie where Bill Beretta's character was going to be a, a Bunraku tabletop style puppet. And uh, he was going to do a whole dance number. And um, I've done, uh, on my YouTube page, I've done a lot of like dance videos with puppets. And uh, yeah. I really love doing it. I think I think that uh, Drew Massey and Alice Deneen, who were working on the show, knew that. So Drew called me and had me come out for three days, and we uh, choreographed and worked out a whole dance routine for for Bill Beretta's character with Bill. Yeah, and uh, and we shot it. <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> and then it got cut. It got it got left on the <laughs> cutting room floor, unfortunately. Like a lot of that film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think a lot of that film uh, got edited. But yeah. but but yeah, I did I did do one other character which was fun when I was there. But but yeah, that was the um that was my root involvement with that. Yeah, and I guess a lot of that film didn't turn out how Brian Henson intended it to be. But I think nevertheless, it's not as bad as everyone seems to think it is. I feel the same way. Is that funny? Yeah. I really do. I actually yeah. I never understood. I wasn't like maybe it was because I only came on for three days. So yeah. as someone who was involved in the production, I don't think I really saw the arc of of mm. perhaps what they were trying to do and what happened or what whatever you name you, yeah. name, you name it. I just when mm. I I just saw the movie when it came out and I, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. And, uh, I'm so glad I did. I mean, I sincerely thought it was a fun funny movie. So I yeah. get why people. Uh, I mean, I think people probably have legitimate. Uh, feelings towards that mm. film one way or the other but my my experience was one of them. yeah i guess maybe the reason is that 
the same problem that Jim Henson had when he tried to sell the Muppet show was that people think puppets shouldn't be doing adult stuff. Whereas maybe if you replace the puppet characters in that film with humans, people wouldn't think of the film so badly. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I don't know if that movie would have worked as well if it had just been humans. I think. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I guess a lot of the plot wouldn't work because there's a whole <laughs> yeah, thing of right. puppets don't kill puppets or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And Earth to Ned, you worked on that. That's a kind of newish Disney Plus series from last year as well, right? What did you do on that? Earth to Ned, uh, again, just another show that I worked one episode on. I was out I was <laughs> out um, in LA working on Cranking Crew, which is a show I've been doing for about six seasons. And yeah. uh, they shoot that out in LA. And so they brought me into work one day on Earth to Ned. Um, but it was really, it was really fun. Oh my god, have you seen it? Uh, I haven't actually had the time. I always keep forgetting. I will watch a couple of episodes one day. Yeah, it's basically a show where uh, this alien comes down to Earth, and mm. he's uh, he's got a mission. He comes down to Earth, but once he gets here, he realizes he just loves human culture, and so yeah. he starts his own he starts his own talk show. <laughs> and uh, he's got a sidekick and he brings on real life celebrities and yeah. it was so good the puppets were on the set was first of all the set was huge they shot yeah. it on the Jim Henson lot uh, mm. on, uh, on La Brea in Los Angeles at the Jim Henson Studios and it was yeah. the massive stage and <laughs> then the puppets themselves were actually quite big and um, the main character was manipulated by four, five, six, six puppeteers. Um, and uh, it was there was just a lot going on to make that show uh, yeah. the way it did. So I, I was thrilled to be part of it for, for the couple of days that I worked on it. And, uh, and I have watched the show. And I think it just came out spectacularly. All the puppeteers and the writers and everything, it's, it's, a, it's a smash. So I hope it comes back. Yeah, hopefully. And what have you been up to more recently? Have you still been working on Sesame Street during this COVID time? Um, so I not. Uh, they have been shooting some stuff for Sesame Street. Mm. But a lot of, you know, after March of last year, a lot of productions were shut down for quite, quite, a, quite a while. Yeah. And a lot of Sesame Street during those months started to shoot remotely. So they, they send yeah. the puppeteers a whole setup. Um, lights, uh, backdrop, um, sound equipment, um, and and then they would work with them to shoot segments that could be mixed together Zoom style or just solo, but shoot but shot from the puppeteers' houses. It's kind of an interesting thing. You'll you'll see <laughs> the products of a lot of those early months during COVID um, showing, you know puppeteers bedrooms or yeah. it's kind of kind of fascinating yeah but but they, they did a lot of great content during that time mm. as well and they never lost the uh um the, the drive of what curriculum wise uh, yeah. sesame street so strong yeah. um but i personally was not i did not do anything on sesame street i know what they were doing with the, with the um, puppeteers was, yeah um, i know a lot of them they've, they've told me um but more for me more recently i've been working um we just we're in the middle of shooting Crank Anchors right now. That's the sixth mm. season. So I've been working on that for the last few months. And then mm. I took uh, a break from that and I'm working on Don Quixote right now, which is a show that's uh-huh. in, in shot for PBS in Chicago. 
Um, and then I'll go back to Frank Yankers to finish off that season in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I've been bouncing between those two shows. And then other than that, just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and about the COVID filming, one thing I'm still thinking about is, like, I think last summer, Miss Piggy had an interview on Zoom or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was lying in bed. And I don't know how Eric Jacobson did it, because I don't think he has a hole underneath his bed that he could put his arm up. He must have been in a very uncomfortable position. So this was during COVID and she did an interview from bed yes like under the covers just like i don't need to get out of bed oh i've got to go see that i, I shouldn't <laughs> speak on it i'd imagine that he just sat on the edge of the bed mm. yeah he might have just been out of frame that would yeah. make sense I, i'd have to go back and see how that was done but yeah maybe he just sat on the edge of the bed and wrapped the blankets around and then yeah. shot to an angle like that um that's great <laughs> yeah the muppets <laughs> yeah. did a lot of con not just sesame street the muppets did a lot of content during covid Mm. as well which is great and they just finished shooting um their very first halloween special oh yes they shot it at disneyland and uh it's going to be i think the basic idea is uh that uh, gonzo and pepe are are visiting a haunted mansion i'm not quite Mm. sure yeah Um, but something along those lines i know that they brought all the other characters out as well but but yeah that's in the middle of being edited right now and that'll that'll be out soon yeah actually not exactly what the, the story wants but i know those mm. characters are definitely yeah good. well i hope uncle deadly's in it because he'll have a role he's born to play oh my gosh i'm so thrilled with what matt vogel has done with uncle deadly yeah. in the past few years what a phenomenal uh picking up the gauntlet and running mm. with that character i'd say the yeah. same about david rudman and scooter man yeah uh, I, I just those characters have been given a new life uh, by the performers and it does just bring me so much joy the Muppets, the more recent Muppet show that was titled The Muppets just I think some of the stuff they did with Scooter was spectacular yeah did you get to watch that show? Yes, and you know, it's another one that doesn't do too well with people's opinions but there are some great moments and Uncle Deadly's character is so great in that, that's probably the biggest platform he's had so far and yeah scooter was really developed in that series as well in a way that he hadn't before i think david rudman said that part of it was because they got rid of that muppet show jacket and put him in normal clothes that may be the case that totally <laughs> may be the case yeah was it um oh it was in the most recent muppets now series that came out on disney uh. plus they did a segment with uh peter lynch's walter character and uncle dudley and it was so funny. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. On was that Club. like the swords one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and great puppetry too. It's so solid. Yes. It's just. I wonder, <laughs> like, the performers must be scared if they're underneath loads of swords. One could fall at any time. Yeah, for sure. That's when you're really happy to have great wranglers. Yes. Uh, they really lock those props in uh, <laughs> securely, right? <laughs> and then you all do a lot of rehearsal. But that, oh, yeah. that particular segment, if anyone listening gets a chance to watch the Muppets Now segment with uh, with Walter and Uncle Dudley mm-hmm. on, on on Disney Plus, check it out. That's one of the real joys yeah. about knowing about working with, becoming friends with uh, fellow puppeteers, is that when they do amazing work, it's just so joyful on this other level. Because yeah. as an observer, as a watcher of TV, of you know, you can just enjoy it on that level. 
but you can just really enjoy it because you know your friends and you can be so happy for them as well and so when so many of your friends are creating this awesome content it just adds a whole other layer mm. to uh to your enjoyment of the product as a whole yeah absolutely and overall what would you say your favorite thing that you've ever worked on is with your puppetry career oh gosh that is a very hard question to answer (laughs) um because i have so many favorite Hmm. things um i think probably one of my i'm not to say my favorite i think one of my most favorite projects ever worked on was the uh 2004 broadway tour of little shop of horrors oh. i have performed audrey 2 which is this plant yeah. character there are four different iterations of this plant the, the puppeteers get to do three of those four iterations during this musical and uh it's just a great musical to begin with i, mm. I loved doing that puppetry and then because it was a tour for a year I just became really close friends with everyone on that show. And we still, after 16, 17 years now, we're still all friends. During COVID, we got together for a couple of big COVID parties. And, uh, well, parties during COVID. (laughs) 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 Like a chicken pox party for COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, I think that was was probably one of my most favorite things i loved working at the o'neill puppetry conference which was a conference that happens every year in connecticut and you go there for a week and you at the end of the week you you have created and then you perform for a live audience some show um yeah. so it's just a real you know trial by fire every time you do it uh, that's yeah. super exciting um but then i've also loved all the muppet stuff and and yeah. all and all the other stuff I've done. So I know I'm trying to like weasel out by not saying that I'm a particular favorite thing, but but truly like this career has given me so many different moments where I've just had to stop and smile. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess you're enjoying it as well. It's good to have a job that you enjoy. Absolutely. I mean, I'm like with any job, you think you 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 have days where you don't feel great about what you're doing. Yeah. And you have a lot of self-doubts and you name it. Yeah. But uh, but overall, yeah, I've, I've been very lucky to have a job that, that I enjoy, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And are you hopeful that you'll be able to go back to Sesame Street sometime soon and be there and see it all again? I'm sure I will at some point. Um, I'm yeah. basically, yeah, I'm a day player, so I don't work full seasons. Mm. But um, but whenever, you know, hopefully there might be some more stuff with fun. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's it's always a pleasure to go back and work on on that show. Um, like I said, yeah. it's it's truly uh, family. And yeah. Well, if we're interested in keeping up to date with you everywhere, where can we do that? Uh, so I, I'm on Twitter, yay Paul McGinnis. Um, yeah. I'm on a, I'm on Instagram, Paul McGinnis Puppetry, and um, from, I would say mainly if you go to my YouTube page, Paul McGinnis Puppetry on YouTube. You can um, you can see a lot of the stuff I've created on my own. I've created a lot of my own content, mm-hmm. and it's mainly like ha- like I said before, a lot <laughs> that has to do with puppets dancing. But I'm really proud of it, and uh, and I think that if I were to steer you to anywhere online, I would say go check out that YouTube page and see some of the stuff I've done there. Great. Well, we'll be sure to. And thank you very much for coming on the show today. It's been great to have you here. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking me, Toby. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.